Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Ray Ferraro and Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Welcome, everybody, to the Pulp Hockey Podcast. Thanks for listening. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, get it on iTunes. Get it on Stitcher. Uh, any kind of pod app you can get on or pulphockey.com. Uh, we will be here each and every week talking hockey. It is the opening of the NHL season. It's fantastic. Can't wait. Uh, looking forward to it. My beloved Leafs in my hometown of Winnipeg tonight and, uh, and looking good. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Um, it's been uh, been tough for, for me. I'm based out of Vegas. It's been a tough few days, but uh, we'll get through this. We'll talk some hockey. And there's nobody better to do that with than the premier color analyst in the game, uh, working for TSN, sometimes NBC Sports, and uh, former NHLer, former Hartford Whaler, LA King, New York Ranger, New York Islander, St. Louis Blue, Atlanta Thrasher. Ray Ferrara, what's up, Ray? How are you? I'm good. I'm just back from uh, Toronto where we had our preview show last night, um, Tuesday night in uh, in Toronto and try and, you know, figure our way around what the season might look like. And of course, there's such a long road in front of it until, yeah. uh, you know, until the playoffs and you're trying to predict things and, you know, there's injuries and hot streaks and players that you don't know that are, or don't expect to have great seasons, have them and, you know, I mean, it's it's why we love the sport, I guess, and um, it, it will be nice to get it going for real here. And um, certainly at the start of the show, you know, we, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, you live in Vegas, and just a, just just a brutal story out of there with with the shooter at the concert, and so many people that died or injured, and the psychology around guns and everything else that goes along with it, and just a just a brutal brutal couple couple of days that are now going to I hope lead to some discussion. Yeah. Um we'll see where that goes, but also this past weekend I want to mention uh just my condolences to uh to the family of Dave Strader. Um uh, Dave was the play-by-play guy when I started my first game. I didn't know what the hell I was doing and Strader nursed me through it and um he was one of the game's best broadcasters. He's was one of the game's best people. Um, he's going to be inducted into the broadcasters' wing at the Hockey Hall of Fame this November, and uh, really, really sad to to hear Dave that David passed and uh, after a battle with cancer. And all the best to you know to his family and uh, our condolences from from the hockey world. They know it already, but lots yeah. of, lots of people are. We're talking about Dave a lot over the last couple of days. He was fantastic at his job. He was great. He was the voice of ESPN forever, you know, for hockey games. Yeah. And, yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, um, I just got back from London, England this past weekend. And so I, I know a lot of people from all over other countries that, um, you know, are friends of mine. And, and you, you're up in Canada, Ray. How many – and I don't want to get into it too much, but other countries just come up to me about living in America. And you're in Canada. And they're just – they probably go – what is going on in America, right? I mean, well, doesn't well, it seem that way? I mean, certainly, certainly the, you know, the chaos around 
the president is is daily. I mean, the the guy's throwing paper towels like it's a card game in in Puerto Rico. You know, yeah. like I don't know was that supposed to be funny or I'm not yeah. really sure. Yeah. And then, of course, the the gun debate is. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's in Canada. That's just unfathomable to us that it would be so permissive. And I, I just. I read this one tweet and I thought, man, I, it, it hit me kind of hard. And I, and I, because I thought, man, it says maybe this is true. And it's like if, if they didn't see the need for some examination of gun control law or lack thereof after Sandy Hook, mm-hmm. um, yep. that maybe it'll never come. And you know, I'm not, I'm not versed enough to be deep into the argument, but I've got, you know, I've got friends and cousins that hunt and I can see why they need a gun. I can see why they want a gun. I, I mean, I don't hunt. I never would, but they do. And I can get it. I can get in the constitution. There's a second amendment amendment about protecting your property and yourself. So I can get it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't agree with it, yeah. but I get it. Yeah. I yeah. give you that hundred percent. I get it. An assault rifle, um, a piece of equipment that turns a rifle into an assault rifle. I don't get and I, and I don't know how any right-thinking people see that that's okay to have yeah. an automatic rifle. Like, what do you need it for? Yeah. I, I, do. I, don't, I don't get it. And so short of turning this into a political podcast, yeah. um, it's sad and it pisses me off that this stuff can continue to happen and nothing really changes. Yeah. There's a there's a um, a bill in front of Congress to to make it easier to get silencers. Yep. What the hell do you need a silencer for? Yeah. Yeah. The, I, don't, the, 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 I don't get it, man. I don't get it. it. The U.S. can be a great country, but right now it is in a puddle of mud. Yeah. And it's really sad to watch. We we had a guy bring a bomb in his shoe, so now we take our shoes off. We had a guy, they had potential to put a bomb-making material in a tube of toothpaste, so now we can only limit our sizes on an airplane. We had lots of drunk driving deaths in the 1970s, and then Mothers Against Drunk Driving was formed, and more checks, and those have dropped down. Everything that's gone, you know, everyone tries to be reactive and tries to put policies and, and procedures in place to help an issue. And just down here... We, there's nothing going on, and uh, it is frustrating. So uh, I agree. Uh, a guy that works for me uh, lost a friend at that. Um, uh, 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 just at the terrible, country. yeah, man, it's just terrible unbelievable. Stuff. Um, all right, let's let's get into it. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Appreciate it. The NHL season kicks off tonight, and uh, so Ray. All right, so you're you're Ray Ferraro. Okay, you're, I am. You are. I checked. Okay, so you're an established veteran in the league. You're, you've got your place, uh, second line center uh, on many teams. Um, are you excited for the for the season to kick off? And are, is it important for you, it, first game, second game, third game, for things to start going right before the the momentum starts going in the wrong way, or conversely, in the right way? Like, how important is the first two, three, four games of a season for a team? Well, uh, not. I mean, in the grand picture, not okay. Not not a lot. I mean, you you certainly want to start well. You want to you don't want to get off um, on such a terrible start that you never recover. I mean, if you're like if you get out of the gate one eight and three, you know you're, you're seven games under five hundred. Mm-hmm. Like that's 
that's a lot of hockey that yeah. you have to play really well to catch up in. And so, um, like, for example, a team like St. Louis, that I think is a pretty good team, uh-huh. actually better than pretty good, they're decimated with injury. And so the start for them is really important because they might they could easily get into a hole that by the time most of these guys come back from injury and then have to catch up conditioning wise, they might not be able to catch up. So that would be really important. If you go zero and three, yes, there's you know yeah. people start to bark in your home city and um, you know and players start to put a little pressure on themselves. I mean, I didn't want to start the season off and go five games without a goal. Yeah, yeah. You know, you feel like you're never going to score again. But the year is so long, um, there's, going to be, there's going to be analysis in the next week or two that is going to be like doomsday. <laughs> right, yeah. And you're like, man, there's 75 games left. It's not a yeah. one-and-out game. Hell, and look, look at how quick a... A game can turn in the baseball playoffs. It's three nothing in the first inning. Yeah, the yeah. Yankees are you know oh my god what a terrible start. Then it's three three and the game's on, right? Like things yep. change. And when you got eighty two games, things are going to change two and three times. You're going to be good, yep. and you're going to be bad. Then you might be good again. And it's just trying to trying to flatten out the the ups and downs of a season that is really critical. So as a veteran. You knew all this. You didn't panic. Is that you remember being no, later that's on? No, that's not your... true. Okay, I panicked all right. anyway. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, I mean, if you go five games without a goal, you're yeah. like, "Damn, I got to score here pretty soon." Like yeah. this is, and then you start you start looking around. Your ice time decreases because the coach will give you a little leeway to start. But uh-huh. man, he's got to win too. Do you remember any particular good starts or bad starts to seasons for you over your career? That's that's funny. You ask. Okay. I don't. Okay. Yeah, just cons- I mean they they kind of the year blends together. I can yep. look at a year and go, wow, that was a good year, and I remember this. But you know, I I know in um, one of the well the year that we came back from the first lockout in '94. Uh-huh. Well, we were locked out in '94. We yeah, started okay. in '95, and I won three games. I scored in my third game, and uh, I ended up with like 23 goals and 46 games that year. Right. Like that—that that was a good start, and it continued on. Yeah. But it, you know, I don't have recollection of, you know, I, I never had a zero for eleven start or anything right, like right. that. Right, right, nothing horrendous or whatever. Right? Well, I guess the worst one I had was in my last year in Hartford. I think I had three goals in eighteen games, and then I got traded. So <laughs> that, was, that probably was it. Right, right. Um, let's catch up with some news uh, before we kick the season off. First up, we, I talked last week about I don't want to live in a world where Yammer Yager is not in the NHL. And thankfully, he's back. Uh, tweet of the year already, right? It's early. But Yager putting his cat with some uh, booze and money. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was a well-staged old picture for him. Uh, fantastic. Um, now, I'm, I'm curious how he's going to do. Um, yeah. You know, in Florida, uh, he was on the top line. He played with Barkoff and Uberto. And... You know, he's certainly not going to start with Monaghan and Goodrow and Calgary. No, no. And, you know, so it looks right now like they're not going to break up um, Matthew Kachuk and Michael Backlund and Michael Froelich. Nope. So that means he's with Sam Bennett and Chris Versteeg. And, you know, Bennett is trying to get some traction. They just signed him and uh-huh. seems like he's poised to take a little bit of a step. And Versteeg is a, 
is a nice utility player who's been relatively productive. But the minutes aren't going to be the same type of minutes for Yager. They're not going to be with the same type of players. He's got to adjust to a style of play, although I don't know that he's adjustable. You know, I mean, like he's yeah. 46. It's not like he's going to change. And so I'm really curious how how this will work out. I thought it was curious Calgary went after him. They they are deep at forward. And uh, I thought St. Louis was in, was interested. Apparently they made an offer. I get Apparently that one. Apparently the same offer as uh, Calgary, and he okay. chose Calgary. Yeah. I was surprised Calgary was interested, to be honest. But uh, Well, if you look at the like the bottom of their lineup, um, you know, they sent down Mark Jankowski, their first rounder from 2012, yep. who they feel is about ready to play. So he's the guy that really took it in the teeth here. Right. Um, but their fourth line is Curtis Lazar, who they got from Ottawa last year, and I mean he's had zero traction offensively. Uh-huh. They got Matt Stegen, who's at the very back end of of his 18 holes here. Yep. You know, so they get thin in a hurry. You know, if one of the top nine forwards gets hurt, you know, with, before Yager, they're, they're thin. Yep. And so I, I guess that's probably why they went out and tried to sign him. Sure. And I, I, I guess the minutes conversation would be had with them, right? As a veteran, they'd be like, this is what you're looking at. You could get more. This is oh, they t- they tell you for sure, yep, and yep. then you know you're, you know the other thing too is that the coach Glenn Gullitson, coached Jogger in in Dallas, mm-hmm. so he's familiar with him and is familiar with what he does and what he can do, and um, it, it, I think it'll be really interesting actually. Fifty three games or something until he passes Gordy Howe for the all fifty seven fifty seven until the all time NHL games played, and this is with four years in the KHL. Yeah, it's r- ridiculous. Whenever you see somebody that might go past Gordy Howe uh-huh. in something, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I, I, it's like you almost can't get your, uh, get your head around that. I was really surprised. I, I would have thought you know Chelios would have been right up there. I guess he probably is. I didn't check in the numbers, but I was thinking that um, Chelios had to be really close to Howe before he, with your Atlanta Thrashers, by the way, before he was finally forced out. Um. All right, Jack Eichel, uh, Buffalo Sabres, signed him. Yeah, good day for Jack. Eight years, $80 million. Uh, thoughts on the contract? And it, there, there was talk about a captaincy uh, situation that they're looking at. Does he get it? Uh, what, what's your thoughts on all that, Ray? I, I believe he'll be the captain. I, I mean, it's pretty clear it's his team, and um, this commitment by the team is, you know, has shown that. I think he's a, he's a terrific player. Last year, um, when, uh, if you remember, he sprained his ankle at the start of the year yep. and uh, missed some time, quite a bit of time, and Buffalo scored about 1.85 goals a game. And when he returned, you know, when he was in the lineup, they scored 2.64, almost a full goal more when he was in the lineup. He's dynamic and big and he can shoot. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, 80 million's a bucket load of money. It wasn't that long ago, six or eight weeks, that. Leon Dreisaitl signed for, uh, you know, eight point five million in Edmonton, and people were talking about whether Peter Shirelli overpaid for him. Yeah, um, and now Eichel zoomed by him. Um, what's obvious is the 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 way teams view their salary structure is to get these young guys locked up through what are the best years of their career, lock them up for as long as their of their twenty year old years. You know, when they're in their twenties as they can, and they're they pay big money, huge money for them. Most of them, um, 
you know, there's a little bit of guesswork to it. But, um, you know, they're, they're locking up yeah. what they feel are the elite players in the game, and they're trying to do it in their 20s, not when they're 25 to 33, but they want to do it when they're 22 to 30. It's a real odd league right now that way, right? You're, you have to, after two years, be like, are we in or are we out? You know, it's odd to see the two-year P.K. Subban bridge deal. It's, well, I, I, yeah. as far as I know, that's the last real significant one. And then Montreal had the, you know, Montreal ended up paying seventy-two million bucks for him. And yep. um, you know, had they signed him two years before, you know, it might have been six million a year. But they weren't sure for whatever reason. Yep. So it's easy to knock looking backwards at it and say, "Oh, see, they should have they should have signed him to a long-term deal." But yeah. you can't sign him if you're not sure. Yeah, it's it's just an odd league where you're like, yeah, this is this is the guy, and and let's lock him up. You know, Eichel's a no brainer in that case. I'm not saying Jack Eichel specifically. I just mean many young good players. You know, um, he's he's underrated, isn't he? Every time I watch a Saber game or I watch highlights, the guy is phenomenal. But he's kind of buried in Buffalo a little bit. Well, he is, um, but that's where he's going to be. I mean, they weren't going to let him. It's not like they were going to turn him loose. You know, so yeah, yeah. the as far as the you mean buried in it uh, media wise? Yeah, yeah, buried as far how good this kid is, how good this guy is. Yeah, well, um, it, it one of the things that's hurt um, hurt his notoriety is the Sabers have been so bloody bad. Yeah, you know, so as the Sabers get better, people will know more about him. But it's certainly not a huge market. You know, that's you know he's he's not in New York. He's not. In Toronto, he's not in Boston. Yeah. So, you know, for Buffalo, though, this is a this is a centerpiece to build around. So, I have the Hockey News uh, ranking of the position players. Uh, just for example, Eichel is 11th. Sagan, Tavares, Backstrom, Shifley, Taze, Bergeron, Matthews, Malkin, Crosby, McDavid. Feel like he should be better than Nicholas Backstrom. And Max, Backstrom's great. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, but he's. You know? He's, he's going to zoom past some of those guys. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. You know, like as far as uh, where he's ranked. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm really curious to see what Jonathan Taves has. Yep. You know, I mean, the, the last couple of years have have not been very good for him. Um, offensively, he's fallen right off the, off the map. Now, he said he's changed his training. Uh-huh. Um you know, so he wants to be a little quicker. In the last two years, he's got 23 goals, five on five. That's it. Yep. You know, uh, Jack Eichel will, you know, <laughs> will be a different player, but will produce way more than that. For sure. And so I, I wouldn't have him 11th, but, yep. you know, you sit there and you look at those other guys and you're like, damn, there's some really good yeah. players in no, that No, absolutely. Mark Shifley, another guy that's just terrific. Yeah, well, Shifley... Michael, McDavid, yep. Matthews, um, those guys, yep. the the young young guys, man, they're they're going to be the best at their position for Matthews for yep. for a decade. Uh, speaking of Shifley, and speaking of the Jets, another contract that came out, Nick Ehlers, seven years, forty two million dollars. Um, what do you think? I uh, like him a lot. Yep, uh, really dynamic. Um, again, probably not anywhere near as publicized as he could be, but. Um, you know, he sits there behind Patrick Lyonnais and um, and Shifley, and you know, Bufflin takes up a lot of 
you know, a lot of media and there's Blake Wheeler's the captain. They got a good team. And so Ehlers would be the guy uh, that would be maybe overlooked media wise, but man, I, that kid can play. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. So the season starts tonight. Uh, Maple Leafs and Jets, uh, Flames at, uh, or Oilers at Flames, I believe. St. Louis and somebody, I didn't see the schedule, but um, I looked at it. Surprises breaking camps. Um, Owen Tippett made Florida, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. He was a player that they talked about almost from the beginning of camp. They were really high on. They thought that maybe he had an opportunity to make it. And I thought, man, that's a little early. He's a draft pick this year, you uh-huh. know, 10th overall this year, I believe. And um, he was good enough in camp to keep. Um, there was room. Uh, you know, they let Yager go. Uh, they brought in Evgeny Dodonov um, to, you know, from Russia to, I guess, kind of fill that spot yep. that um, that Yager was. They brought in Radom Verbata. Um, and they're, you know, they lost uh, Marcia So in, uh, on waivers, yep. or uh, rather on the draft. expansion draft. Yep. And so there was room. And Tippett. Tippett has made it to start. And, you know, with all these young guys, I think you got to be careful about saying, oh, they've made it like it's the final deal. But they got nine games. Yeah. And, um, and then teams have to start really thinking about whether they want to keep them around. Yeah, if you're, if you're a management, um, that's a nice little deal, right? Nine games before you have to decide. I think that's, that's pretty good showing, I think. That- well, it, it is. Um, you know, of course, some teams try and – try and cheat the system they they'll keep a kid there for two months and play him nine games so he can practice and yeah, yeah. he can work him out and stuff and the problem with that is you know you play a game every 10 days and you know you, you can see the writing on the wall you know what's happening you know yeah. you're going to go back um but you're right nine uh nine games should give you a decent look yeah. uh, the problem for these for the teams is you know say a kid gets on a great great little run and plays well for nine games, you decide to keep him, you at twenty games you're like, Oh my god, he's not ready to play. Yeah. And you've already you've already burned into the first year of his yeah. of his entry level deal and so it becomes, you know, a decision you really gotta live with. You know, Calgary had to make this decision last year with Matthew Kachuk and mm-hmm. he he was in and out of the lineup a little bit. And then uh right near his tenth game he had he had a couple of goals, and that cemented his his place. And then he went on to have a terrific year. Yeah, and I believe didn't uh, wasn't Drysaddle's first year? Didn't they go till Christmas before they did something? Yeah, well, they sent him back. Yeah, yeah. Yep, he, went, he went back to Kelowna and um, uh, had a fantastic run, and then went to the Memorial Cup and yep. came back and and was terrific. Now, I never see the sense in rushing a player. I just don't. Yep. And. Um, I don't know too many players that were ruined by going back to junior, but I know a lot of them that were ruined by staying in the NHL. So the Habs might be one team. They, they caught a couple wins at the end of the preseason, but they didn't look good for most of the preseason, right? Is there any, right. Is there any panic factor there for you on, the, on Montreal? Yeah, I don't, I don't really love what they've done. Um, you know, now they have a, one of the league's biggest surprises, I would say, in 19-year-old Victor Mete is – Made the team out of camp. He's a defenseman, uh, fourth round pick. Small guy, it's pretty small. Two years ago, yeah, yeah. he kind of looks a little bit like Tory Krug uh, from the Bruins, and um, but he's made the team. So they're, you know, I, when you get by Shea Weber, Carl Alsner, and Jeff Petrie, then your defense is a 19 year old in Victor Mete, a 39 year old in in Mark Streit, and Jordy Ben, and 
I, you know, and then David Schlemko. So I don't know that it's um, a real deep uh, blue line for a team that is built to to defend. You know, I mean, like right. that's the yeah, that's 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 the way they're going to get it done. And um, so I, I have question marks there. I have question marks about their center ice position. With you know, they're hoping that Jonathan Drouin can carry that number one role, but he's never been a center in the NHL. I think he's a fabulous player, and I think he's going to be fine. But you have to wonder about it. Galchenyuk's a question. Um, you know, what exactly is he going to be uh, this year? Is he going to be thirty goal left winger, yeah. or is he going to be? Um, is he going to be a guy that's going to struggle again to find his way? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know why they don't flip those guys. Galchenyuk at center, Duran on his wing. That he's well, because they don't feel Galchenyuk's a centerman. I know, right? But yeah, well, so they. Yeah. I mean, it's been two years now. Eventually, you start to, or three years, you start to <laughs> to get a better picture. Either yep. the guy can or can't play the position, and if he can't, yep. that's okay too. But I, I do believe you got to leave him somewhere. You can't be. You know, you can't be moving them all over the place. That just that's just not going to work. How much wing did you play? Uh, about ten games. That's it, huh? No, yeah. like in I, a, nobody, no time in a slump. They threw you over there, or nothing like that. No, nope. always. Nope. That was um, it. Was different then. I think um, you know the the way the game was played. Your your little guys were in the middle, and your big boys were out on the wings. Uh-huh. And uh, now they, a lot of cases, they want the bigger guy at center. And so that's where you see a, a lot of small guys that were centers in in junior. They get moved to the wing, and for them it's comfortable. Um, in the style of game that that I played most of my career, like in not just me, I mean yeah. the the league itself, little guys were in the middle. That was that was where you could survive. Uh, any other surprises uh, with who broke uh, camp? And again, we got these ten games to talk about. Um, any other anybody else like Yamamoto in, in Edmonton? Well, Canada? I mean, he would. You know, Yamamoto's 157 pounds. Yeah. So and you know, <laughs> and has had a fabulous camp. Um, so he would be a surprise to make it, and the Oilers will take a look at him and um, you know and and evaluate him. Uh, they've they've had experience keeping guys too early that hasn't worked for them. Yep. So I think they'd be they'd be relatively cautious with him. But he was a surprise. Matt Greslick in Boston is a defenseman out of college that um, with the injury to Tory Krug, it looks like he's gonna open up in the in the top six. Um, Carolina's got an eighteen year old that they drafted this year. Um, uh, Nekash is oh. his name, he's a Czech. And Martin Nekash and um, he's made the team. You know, so anybody that makes it in their draft year is yeah. you know, Alex Debrinkat in Chicago. That's a that's another surprise for me that he was able to to be so good so soon and um you know chicago's turning the turning the roster over and they're you know here's another new guy that's going to have to going to or not going to have to is going to get an opportunity to play going to try it uh we had a trade uh the pittsburgh penguins uh derek pouliet pouliet to the Pouliot. Pouliot. You got to get these right, man. My kid was telling me, you better tell your your boy to get his names right. I know. Pouliot. I don't know what my deal is with that. It's really weird. I watch games. I, I listen to. I don't know what my problem is. Um, maybe it's something to do with weird pronunciations or something. Or maybe you're just a bad reader. I don't. I don't know. Um, to Canucks. To the to to uh, Vancouver. What do you? Yeah, think? they traded him for uh, Audrey Padan, who's a big defenseman and. Uh, now, Pouliot played for Travis Green 
in Portland in the Western Hockey League. He's oh, okay. a first-round pick from 2012, and he just just hasn't found it, hasn't found any footing yet. And um, so he'll get an opportunity with Vancouver, I guess. I mean, when when you look at the Canucks, they're, they just seem to be acquiring players all over the place. I yeah. don't really know exactly where Pouliot's going to play them. I mean, they've got Alex Edler and Chris Tanev, and they've got Ben Hutton and uh, Troy Stetcher, and then they got Michael Delzato and Eric Goodbranson. It looks like their top six is there. Um, I'm not sure where Pouliot's opportunity is going to come from. They're doing just enough, I'm telling you, to not be that, not be bad. <laughs> it's, it's, they're going to be just mediocre this year, you know, which is the Yeah, I, I don't know what the yeah. point is of that, no. to be honest with you. But, um, you know, they're, they've acquired a whole pile of players, and I think this is important. And most of them are, you know, 24, 25 years old uh, in that age range or younger, and they're just trying to rebuild an organization. They're trying to... Yeah. Get enough prospects that you throw at the wall and hope a couple of them stick. Yeah, yeah. Some of their young guys are coming through though, which is good. Good to see. Like they are. Yeah, well, they're, they're, yeah. it's a slow road. Yeah, I just think they should have been on this road three years ago. <laughs> you have said that many, many times. I just don't get it, and I never will get it. <laughs> right. It took the took the Maple Leafs a while too, where you're like, Absolutely. okay, well, yeah. just a decade. Yeah, <laughs> just like okay, it's time. It's over. The window's done. Let's turn this thing over. You know. Um, hey, speaking about center and wing, Claude Giroux is going to open on the wing in, in Philadelphia? Really interesting. Um, he had just a brutal year last year. And, mm-hmm. and of course, um, just uh, you know, what had a stretch there as um, one of the most dynamic, uh, creative players. Um, but he really, you know, he had couple of surgeries in the last two years and he seems slowed a little bit so they're going to play him with uh, Jakub Voracek who he kind of always plays with but Sean Couturier is in the middle and Couturier is going to play the role almost like Artem Anisimov played in Chicago last year you do the dirty work you take face-offs you play down low um, you score when the opportunity's there but the the creators are on the wings like Panarin and Kane weren't now mm-hmm. it's Giroux and Voracek do you like it? Do you, I mean, obviously you'll, we'll see. But what do you? You know what? I got I got to see it. I, yeah. I don't know yet. I'm I'm really interested to see um, what it would be like. And again, we talked a little bit earlier about you know in in, in the day the little guys were in the middle of the ice. Mm-hmm. Now they move them to the wing. And you know on their second line, uh, the number two pick in the draft, Nolan Patrick, is going to center for Wayne Simmons and Jordan Wheel, who's about five foot eight. And Wheel was a a big scorer in junior, um, very good in the American League. He came up late last year and did really well, but they play him on the wing now, and he was the center his whole life growing up. Uh, New York Islanders, 6-0-2 in the preseason, right? I guess that and a dollar will get you a cup of coffee somewhere, right? Like, Yeah, you know, you asked about good starts and yep. what do they mean. And yep. um, If you're 0-6, you'll say not much. If you're 6-0, and you're really excited, but you know it's not much. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like the Islanders. Uh, I picked them as a wild card team um, uh, ahead of Ottawa in the, in the East. Um, Matt Barzell is going to be a real key for them. He's centering their second line, and um, he's a creative player. I think he'll help their power play, uh, which was 28th last year. Um, gives them a little more pop. He really skates with the puck well. Um, you know, can Andrew Ladd get off to a start unlike the last two years yes, where right? it was like two yeah. goals in 25 games, and then he comes on to almost get to 
the 20. They're a little bit of a high wire act for me. Yep. Um, but I like I like them. I think they're pretty good. And um, we'll see. Another key for them will be um, what kind of goaltending they get uh, from Yaro Halak. And, you know, they, they cast them off. They've brought him back, and uh, he and Thomas Greisel should give them more than adequate goaltending. What else caught your eye for surprises in the preseason team-wise, uh, not so much individual player-wise? Well, I think the Rangers surprised me. I mean, they okay. they look like they're going to go with Philip uh, Chital, an 18-year-old. It looks like he's made their team. Um, they've, they've really changed over the last couple of years um, uh, to, a, to a team that looks very little like they did. You know, no Girardi, no Steppen from uh, from last year's team. Um, you know, Rick Nash is in the last year of his deal. They're they're a team a little bit in transition for sure. But they they've got a you know they bring in uh, Kevin Shattenkirk. They've got Brady Shea on defense. He's I I really like this kid a lot. U.S. kid that can really skate. Um, they surprised me by going as young as mm-hmm. they did. That's um, you know that's been interesting to me. I. As far as teams that really shock or anything, that that's pretty much, mm-hmm. you know, it. You know, I mean, most most teams you got to see once they get everybody all collected what it's going to look like. Uh, talking about this hockey news, top players in position um, quickly. We'll run through them: McDavid, Crosby, Malkin, top three centers. You all right with that? Matthews is fourth. Well, yeah, I guess, I guess. Um, you know, Malkin plays a lot, kind of all over the place. Yep. Um, I mean, how are you going to argue with those three guys, right? Like, yep. they're, they're amazing players, all of them. And McDavid is, is poised to to go on a dominant decade here. Johnny Gaudreau, number one left winger in the league. Over oh, Jimmy I can't ben. buy that. No, me neither. Brad Marchand, third. Ovechkin, fourth. So. Oh, you uh, see, I, so who's who's second? Uh, Jimmy Ben. Yeah, I can't. I can't put Goodrow there. I yeah. mean, I, I would out of those four guys, I would have him fourth. <laughs> yes, yeah, it seemed high to me when I saw that too. Uh, Pacioretty fifth and uh, Panarin sixth. So, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I can't. I can't be on board with that. Right winger Patrick Kane, number one. Uh, yep. Nikita Kucherov, number two. Uh, Tarasenko, number three. Line A, number four. That's a pretty good group of players, oh, isn't right. it? And, and I, I don't disagree with the, I, with their rankings there at all. I, uh, you know, I mean, just the the ability of those guys to to change the game from the wing. Yeah. Kucherov is a yeah. is a fantastic player, and uh, I mean, he might he might be one of those guys that's in the the top of the league scoring goals for the next five or seven years. Yeah. Fifth was Blake Wheeler, a guy you really like, right? And I'm, I was, I do like Blake Wheeler. Yeah. I, I think he is a um, he is a really really solid player. He does a lot of a lot of things really really well. He's a he's a good scorer. He's a really good penalty killer. He's strong. He can skate well. Um, you know, like he's yeah. I, I I like a lot about his game. No surprise for defensemen: Eric Carlson, Victor Hedman, Brent Burns, Ryan Suter. Yeah, yeah there we go. Yeah. Again, right. what a group, eh? Yeah. How are you trying to break into that? It was like yeah. if you ever thought you had a chance to win the Norris Trophy when Bobby Orr was playing. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah, Brad Park, I think got second like five years in a row or something. Yeah, like you know, <laughs> so that means you kind of win, right? Uh, goalies: Carey Price, uh, Bobrovsky, Holtby, Matt Murray, number four. Yeah. See, I've I've found the. Um, the Murray bandwagon back-to-back cups fills up really quickly. I just, 
I just don't know yet. Yeah. I, it's unfair maybe to him, but I just I just don't quite know yet. You said in our preview you'd like you want to see him and you're going to see him without the safety net of uh, Mark Andre Fleury behind him. You know, it is going to be a um, like you're the guy. That's it. <laughs> you, you know, I mean they they got Anthony Niemi hmm. yeah. as the backup, right? So I you know I mean it's a little different um, for Pittsburgh for sure, and it's a it's a big growth, a big step for um, um, for for Murray to take. Yep. Um, all right, let's take some Twitter questions. You ready? Let's do it. I'm ready to go. Uh, from Matt, I love Ray's stories about former players segment. So, question is, how was it playing against Claude Lemieux? I assume it was pure hate. Well, I mean, he was he was so strong, so big. You know, a guy weighed 220 pounds, and he was dirty and mean and um like in in 86 he scored in overtime uh to knock us out in game seven uh when i was with hartford it was in the forum um we had a chance to score we didn't the puck went back down the ice he came from behind the net and scored on a backhander up over mike leute's glove and the fact that it was him made you almost want to throw up in your mouth (laughs) yeah really right it just you just hated him, but he was such a good player in the playoffs in particular. Like nothing, yep. you know, he was just straight ahead. Nothing would throw him off his game. Um, he was a dirty player. He was he was not um, he was not a very popular player. Yeah, no. As of course the Red Wings and Avalanche and all those years of, of battles. Um, all right. Uh, what is your favorite broadcast team to watch or listen to? Love the podcast and your insight, Ray. Um, without pissing off your your brethren, Ray. So who you know you're not gonna say favorite, but who who who's well, some guys my you favorite like? is uh, any game that I'm doing. Right, right. Yes, exactly. If I listen back to it, you know, it's fantastic, I would, I would, right? <laughs> I would pick me. <laughs> you know, uh, Pat Foley and Eddie Olchek in Chicago. Uh huh. Um, they do. You know, they they always do a. Really good job. I, you know, I'm I'm entertained, and they've been together for, you know, for yeah. a long time. Um, I've always loved Sam Rosen and uh, Joe Micheletti. Yep. I, uh, you know, they they do a really, you know, a really really solid job. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not going to go through and yeah. rate everybody or pick on everybody, but those are those are a couple of my favorites. Gord Miller, though, that Gord Miller, I'll tell you. Well, there's times. You know. <laughs> Same with Cuthbert. You know, I tell like somebody will say to me, "Who do you uh, who are you working the game with on uh-huh. Friday?" And I tell them, "I don't know. Play-by-play guys are indispensable to me." <laughs> exactly. I don't it's even just, know who they are. It's, the, it's the teacher and Charlie Which is Brown, a lie, of course. Right, right. It doesn't matter. It's the teacher and Charlie Brown in your ear. Right, <laughs> a lot of times it is. I wait for them to take a breath so I can get going. I'm sure they wait the same for me, for me to take a breath and off um, you go. From Christina, if you had to guess, Ray, how long will Thomas Shabbat uh, be in the NH- AHL this year? When do when does Ottawa Senators uh, call him up? Um, I'd look into the new year. Um, you know they've got they've got six guys uh, plus Eric Carlson. Um, if you know what I mean. I mean Carlson, yeah. of course, is yeah. first, but they've got. They've got six guys that they're comfortable with right now. Carlson becomes seven. Um, they're not going to bring Shabbat there till he can play and play a lot. So if Frederick Kleisen struggles or Chris Weidman struggles or 
Mark Borbietsky struggles, then maybe you'll see Shabbat earlier. But I think they, I think they'd like to see him play thirty to thirty-five games. All right. Um, who do you believe is the most underrated Ottawa Senator player, and why? I think we go with Mark Stone. You're going to say Mark Stone? Well, Mark Stone's. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to say he's underrated because, you know, if you're just looking at the Senators, because we, you know, those of us that watch him a lot, we're like, yeah. you know, he's just. He's a really, really good player. I mean, he's a he's an outstanding player. I would say Jean Gabriel Pajot. All um, right, I like him a lot. He's a little fire plug. He a uh, really good penalty killer. He's, you know, scores fifteen plus goals for you. Uh, they play him on the wing. They play him at center. Um, yeah, I would say I would I would pick him. All right, this one might be throwing a bit on the spot without without something in front of you, but um, I like the question. It's, it's all, I love reading this kind of stuff. Um, if you had to redraft the top five for the 2014 entry draft, what would your order be? This was Aaron Eckblad, Sam Reinhart, Dreisaitl, Bennett, Willie Nylander went eighth, Ehlers went ninth. I don't know if you remember this. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, as we're doing it here, I'm just gonna I'm gonna pull the draft up so I've got a yeah. you know a, a, a full look at round one. Um, <laughs> well, I would put David Pasternak in the top five. He went. He went twenty-five. Yep. Um, I thought that's why I pulled it up. I thought that was his draft. I would have Ehlers higher. I would have Nylander higher. Yep. Um, so I would go probably Drysital, Pasternak, Ekblad, uh-huh. Nylander, Ehlers. Not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. You know, I mean, that's yeah. there's a lot of players in this draft. Like Adrian Kempe is in L.A. Josh Hosang has made San Jose. Uh, you got Pasternak. You got McCann. Jared McCann's in Florida. Uh, Kasperi Kapanen, and you know, it should be in the NHL and will be soon. Robbie Fabry's in St. Louis, and Nick he's out for the year. Nick Schmaltz is with the Blackhawks. Angelo Anthony D'Angelo's with the Rangers. Alex Tuck is in I or is in uh, Vegas. Sonny Milano made the the Blue Jackets. Larkin is in Detroit. Yep. Verona made it in Washington. Perlini's in Arizona. Fiala's in Nashville. Richie's in Anaheim. It's and then not you get really, into the yeah. top. I mean, they're they're all there. I mean, Michael Dal Cole is the is the one swinging a miss right now with the Islanders. Yep. All right, from um, uh, from Aaron, your favorite hockey stick you've ever owned. Um, which one did you like in the league? What you What you use? What you like? Well, when I was a kid, for a Christmas present, I got this. It was called Torspo, and it was a Finnish stick, and it was so light. <laughs> I just loved it. And the reason that was a big deal was because a lot of the sticks, well, not a lot, all of the oh, sticks yeah. were wooden back then, and some of them were like picking up a tree out of your backyard. So this was, it was yellow. Oh, I just loved this thing. It was one of my favorite presents my mom and dad ever got me. When I got to the NHL, I used uh, uh, Canadian. Okay. No, that's not right. No, you didn't I use... used Canadian and junior. Okay. And then uh, my last year of junior, I switched to Easton, and I used an Easton two-piece my whole career. You I did, really, really huh? Changed. You did, yeah. wow. I didn't think that. You were, I guess. It was, I had Canadian at the start, and then yeah. I went to Easton, and then. But back then, you had to be somebody to get the aluminum sticks. <laughs> it was a big deal. 
Oh, yeah. Like, they weren't just handing them out. Right. And so I, I'm i sure the first few years I was mostly Canadian. Yeah. And then, but I, I was always uh, Easton. I was always a two-piece stick. Did they have lots of blade patterns when they first came out to choose from? Was there a ton? I don't know how that went. Uh, well, you, you got, I mean, if you're in the NHL, you get the made. Yeah. And so, like, mine was such a simple curve, it, it didn't really... I, I just wanted them not to be, yeah, uh, not to be way off. So my curve was pretty straight. It was a more of a passing than a, a shooting curve, I would call it. Uh-huh. And so uh, mine were pretty easy. Yeah, when 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 Wayne debuted with that, it was a game changer. It was just a game changer. Oh, when yeah, right? I, mean, I mean, yeah, he might have been the only one that could get it then too. <laughs> um, hey Ray, did you collect hockey cards uh, back in the day? From Bert, uh, I did uh, when I was a little guy, and then uh, at some point, my mom threw them all out <laughs> because they were just cluttering up the back room in the basement, right? Yep, yep. But uh, I, I never. Um, there were these things. I don't know. You might be too young, but there were these things that you used to get when you'd fill up with gas at Esso, and they were called uh, Esso Power Players. Yeah, and they were these little stickers. And you'd get the book, and it would have like 15 players a team, and you'd get you'd go and try and get all these stickers and fill up your book. And oh, it was so cool! I used to go through them and look at all the equipment and the way the guys skated and what their pictures were like, and they were like they were smaller than the palm of your hand. Each of the little stickers. Okay. And, uh, oh, they were awesome. I loved That was what I collected the most. I do remember those. I had those when I was a kid, but I'm young enough that I had Ray Ferraro stickers, sticker books. Yeah, see, I mean? those weren't the yeah. power players. Right, those, right. Those yep. came later. Yep. The yep. Esso power player was the the creme de la creme. That was, that was cool. We used to bring those stickers to school and try and trade them out because you wanted to fill your book up. Yeah. Huh. Um, and what are we talking like? Uh how many teams were in the league then, right? Uh, well, there had to be <laughs> this, this, this was uh, 16? sixteen, right? The, the yeah, because yeah. um, yeah, when I when I came to the league, we like to call it the original twenty-one. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, all right, another couple questions here uh, from people on Twitter. As always, send them to at Paul Pocky. Um, we're happy to uh, answer them each and every week. First up, though, before we go. Uh, Watercraft protection, that's right. Allpointsinsurance.ca, three-year new model replacement. Uh, personal effects, all-risk, agreed value protection. Claims paid without depreci- depreciation. Uh, all points marine with such a limited time to enjoy your watercraft. Don't waste any of it worrying about how to protect it in the case of an accident or a theft. Allpointsinsurance.ca, we thank those guys as well. So if you've got something you want to protect over the winter uh, against damage or whatever, please look into that, and uh, we thank those guys for coming on. Um, all right, a couple of questions, Ray, about the Penguins going to the White House. I don't know how you want to talk about it. Like, I mean, look, I'm not a fan of Trump. I don't think you are either. But on the other side, nope. but I'm also okay with somebody wanting to go. I'm okay with that. I mean, whatever. It's your choice. Uh, Steph, well, the, you know? I, look, I, I I would say the, the, the thing they have to realize, or was totally naive by them, was to say, oh, we don't want to politicize this. Well, it is already. Yeah, too late. And... Their, the timing of their statement was completely tone deaf. It put, it put them up right in the cross hair right away. Everybody had to, had to evaluate the statement because it was the same weekend that 
three-quarters of the NFL was, was not standing for the national anthem. Like, it was just yeah. dumb. They should have waited a week, not said anything. They didn't have to say anything. Now you've got Trump that's talking about what a great team the Penguins are. I mean, yeah. you just you become, you become part of this story that you didn't even need to say anything. You didn't need to say anything. And somebody will ask you, and you can instruct your captains and your coaches to say, uh, you know, we haven't really got into that yet, yeah. um, but we're we're certainly going to talk about it. Like that—that's what a PR department's supposed to be able to do is is to sense what's going on, and then you know you can say, oh, it's died down now, or it's going to pick up again as soon as it, as soon as yeah. they announce the date, whatever it's going to be. Um. Well, the Penguins say that they, yeah, they were trying to protect their players from the next day's questioning from reporters uh, for at a preseason game. That, but, but yeah. just go with what you said, and just everybody say, hey, just say we don't know. We we haven't we haven't talked about it yet. Right, right. Because the timing was amazing at first. Before knowing what the Penguins' line of thinking was, the timing was amazing. I'm just like, what? Right now? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, Whatever their answer was, it was the wrong time. Steph Curry said he wouldn't go, and then the invite was pulled away. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, there's so much more important stuff to, yeah. to think about. And then this became a, a, you know, it seemed to be like a sole focus yeah. for, for way too long. Uh, Randy, last question from Randy Pepler. Do you think the Sox starting pitching is good enough to beat the Astros? I am pretty concerned after the last few weeks of the season. What do you think? Your beloved Sox going into a series against the No, Sox? I don't think their starting pitching is anywhere near good enough. So their bullpen better be good. Like I, I look at I look at playoff baseball as a whole bunch of three inning games. Yep. And um, you know, we saw it yesterday. I mean, Severino doesn't get out of the first inning for the Yankees and they bring in that bullpen, and they were brilliant. Yeah, David and Robinson. So, David Robinson. Yeah, if you, went three if, you look at, yeah. if you look at last year, the Cubs would get five innings from their starters, and then they would just run four innings of the yeah. bullpen. And you know, Pomeranz can give you that, and Chris Sale can give you that, and then after that, I'm a little dicey, but we'll see. <laughs> you know, we'll see. You know, can David Price make a big fact? Make a big be a big factor in you know, two and three inning stints, and yep. um, you know, can they get the Kimbrel with, you know, with the game on the line? I mean, that's that's what they're trying to do. I, Houston's a better team, but we'll yep. see. I'm looking forward to watching. Crazy how um, how different postseason baseball is from regular season baseball with all the off oh, days. Amazing. And I don't know if I like that though. You know? Like, oh, I do. You do? Okay. Oh yeah. yeah that, to to me, the the best part about postseason baseball is it literally feels. Like the game can change on every pitch. Like you can almost yeah. feel the tension. Yeah, and and I I love that. No, I, I like it too. I just mean with the use of the bullpens, you know, like the, the off days and everything. Like they can go three 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 with the with with guys that throw a hundred, you know. Yeah, so. but so what's wrong with that? Well, just that's not how you got to the playoffs. You got there on your five. Yeah, you got rotation. there by playing a million games. Yeah, you know, you got there on a five man rotation or more. You got. Well, you there. can say that about any sport. The only sport that doesn't change their game pattern is the NFL. Play every week. Fine. All right. Well, you, there's no, if you yeah. if you want to debate, you're wrong. It's okay. <laughs> you can be wrong and just say no. That's all right, Ray. That's, that's a good a, point. It's okay, Ray. It's a good point. Um, Thank you. Uh, all right. So we're gonna wrap this Paul Pocky podcast up. 
a few more things. One of them is, Ray, I was really bored. You know how it is when you go to Europe. You're all, you're, your hours are oh, off. Boy. Your jet lag is off. So I'm in London, England. It's 3.30 in the morning. I'm wide awake, and I'm thinking about this week's pod. And I'm like, you know what? How many guys are playing in the league when Ray last played? And, uh, and so I got on the, the laptop, and I did some research, and I think I got it figured out. Um, from your last season, and uh, well, okay, it? I'm going to go through the teams. Yeah. I don't. I, all I got is the team names here. I don't have the the so, rosters, but nine so guys: Zidano, nine Zidano guys. Chara, yeah, uh, Yager, yep. Um, nobody in Colorado, Columbus, Dallas. Nobody's uh, Zetterberg. I missed Zetterberg. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Um, maybe Jonathan Erickson. I didn't see him. I thought he was, but, but yeah. maybe he he might he might be a little young. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Zetterberg for sure. Um, nobody in Edmonton, Florida, LA. Man, uh, Matt Cullen maybe. No. No. Really? I don't have Matt Cullen on my list. Well, that doesn't mean it's wrong. <laughs> what year did he break in? Do you know? Uh, I got, I got it here. I was, uh, I got to figure it out. You really can't get the obvious one. There's one. Well, so I'm going through the team. Oh, okay. Off. All right. Um, Jersey, no. Rangers, no. I don't know. Philly, Pitt. Oh, Joe Thornton. Yep. Patrick Marlowe. Yep. Um, that's got to be almost it. Justin Williams? Oh, right. Justin Williams? He is old. <laughs> I didn't realize either. I, that was a, uh, a surprise for me. I'm like, Justin Williams was playing? But he was. Justin, Justin Williams has been around a long time. He's had one hell of a career. Um, Sedin Brothers? Oh, I guess they would have. Yeah, they yeah. were drafted in 99. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gabarik? Marion Gabarik was a rookie? Oh, I wouldn't have... Wouldn't have got that one. Scott Hartnell was around. Scotty Hartnell was playing. Was he really? Oh, yeah. Huh. And the last one? Uh, Matt Cullen played. I knew I played against Matt Cullen. Matt Cullen did? Okay, I missed Matt Cullen. My bad. Um, Radim Verbata, also. Yeah, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. Like, the other ones, the the ones that surprised me, I think, are Verbata and Hartnell. Yeah. I'm trying you to know, f- when you say the other ones, like, you know, oh, yeah, 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 yeah of yeah, course. Yeah, but, yeah. but it's almost, they're almost all done. Is, is that depressing? <laughs> no. Nope. No? Okay. Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. I'm 53, man. I know. <laughs> you know like, but, but you but go- what is, I'll tell you what is crazy, though. It's like, so I played for 18 years. Yep. And I retired in 02. This is my 15th year of broadcasting. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you've almost. Like, I've been around the NHL for 33 years now. That just doesn't seem possible. Well, now when you go up to Sedin's or Justin Williams or Thornton, you can be like, hey, man, remember that time? Remember? Yeah, <laughs> most of them. I was well into the end of my career, and they were just starting. Right. So, you if, know. If they're chirping you, they're calling you old man and hang it up. At the what, time, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? So they're all just like, whatever, whatever. Um, all right, anything else, Ray? When's your next game? When's your first game? Uh, Toronto and Chicago on Monday on Canadian Thanksgiving. Oh, oh, it's Canadian Thanksgiving. I got to get with that. Yep, yep there it is. Caught yep. up down here, um, and then then you're off. That's it. 
then it's off and running. Yep. Can't so wait. Time to get going, watch the games tonight, and uh, looking forward to it. I hope everybody has a, a fun hockey-watching season and their teams do okay. And if they don't, don't be pissed off at me I didn't, if I didn't pick up for the playoffs. You know, uh, I'm not playing. Can I get a prediction tonight for my, for my Leafs in Winnipeg? Yeah, Winnipeg wins 4-2. Uh, that's a garbage prediction. That's a garbage prediction. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> it's already started, right? Um, yeah. All right, everybody. We are going to be here each and every week. We're going to try to do them Wednesdays if we can, uh, at Paul Pocky uh, on Twitter. And uh, subscribe on iTunes. Get it on Stitcher, any kind of podcatcher if you got a Droid platform phone, or paulpocky.com. They're also on their old school uh, website. So, uh, all right, Raymundo, thank you very much. Appreciate it. All the best uh, to everybody. Enjoy your first week of hockey, and uh, we'll get back at you next week. Thanks for the questions. They, they, uh, they're lots of fun to get, and hope uh, hope we get lots for next week as well. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Later.